We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Very excited for this. Uh, a great pleasure to welcome to the show the hockey maven, uh, Stan Fischler, who uh, will be moving on from MSG after this hockey season, after 45 years there and, and many, many decades uh, covering the NHL. And Stan, it's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm feeling terrific, thank you, and I'm glad I'm on the show with you guys. What uh, what has the last week been like since the announcement? And you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of the attention I've seen on MSG, plenty of the the old highlights and old moments uh, uh being played left and right. Well, it's been uh, just a tremendous amount of fun, and uh, what's interesting is a lot of people who I'd forgotten about uh, sort of came out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. One of them was a guy I knew from high school, Eastern District High School in Williamsburg, and uh, he left the name Gordon, and I couldn't place the name Gordon. And then he said, well, I played tuba in the high school band. Well, I played trombone in the high school band, and we only had one tuba tuba guy, so I knew who it was. (laughs) Making connections, even uh, you know, with uh, you know, with all of this, and um, you know, certainly it's been cool to see. I got got four dinner invitations out of it. Oh, that's a win! You take advantage of them yet? (laughs) I know, but I'm stacking them up. (laughs) And you, uh, you want to spend time with your family? That that's the reason for this? Yes. um, Unfortunately, I don't have uh, my kids in Bensonhurst or Borough Park or Brooklyn. Uh, my my older guy Ben lives in Portland, Oregon, and my younger guy Simon lives in Israel. And uh, Ben has two boys. Uh, my oldest uh, grandson is fifteen, and uh, my younger guy Simon has uh, three kids. So uh, I hardly ever get to see them. And when I do see them, it's you know it's sort of like a, a snapshot, and that really ain't enough not yeah. to me anyhow. So. Uh, uh, you know, I've had a big family over at Madison Square Garden. They've been really like family to me. It's a lot of years and a lot of wonderful people. So uh, I, I'm trading one family for the other. And that's uh, that's great. Uh, how about you know, hockey wise? You, you you've been in the rink, you know, night in, night out. Are, are you going to be able to get that fixed still? Spending time in Portland well, and Israel. This is the hard to, hard to believe part. Uh, about an hour's drive from where my younger son Simon lives is an Olympic-sized ice rink called the Canada Center, and my three grandchildren are in the hockey program, and they uh, they actually play three and four times a week. So uh, I'm going to be uh, watching them quite a bit. Uh, as far as the NHL goes, we, uh, or I should say my son, has access to uh, the NHL package. I'll probably be watching more hockey there than I do here. Uh, what I'll be missing is the dressing room, mm-hmm. the dressing room, the press room, uh, that kind of excitement. But uh, I'll be very close, and I have a, uh, a newsletter, the official report that I do uh, 52 weeks a year, so I'm going to be uh, I'll continue doing that. And there's stuff, a lot of stuff that I can do from there that there will be 
NHL oriented. So I'm not going to, you know, hockey is not going to be passing out of my life. That's for sure. No doubt. And, and you've written over a hundred books as well. Uh, you know, on a variety of uh, subjects beyond just hockey, which uh, hopefully we'll get to in a little bit as we chat with uh, Stan Fischler of MSG. So how did it start as far as the TV side goes? Uh, the Islanders, they, they didn't have every game televised uh, initially from what I can gather. And then that playoff run in 1975, is that what started everything for you? Well, I had been doing two seasons with the New England Whalers. And uh, it was interesting because the dean of uh, New York sports writers was Marty Glickman. And I was in uh, Toronto doing a, a Whaler game with the Toronto Toros. It was March 75. And Marty called me up at the hotel, and he says, how would you like to do an Islanders game on television? I said, well, what are you kidding? I mean, to do an NHL game is what it's all about. And uh, he hooked me up with Charles Dolan. Uh, this is before Cablevision, or certainly before Sports Channel. And uh, Spencer Ross was my play-by-play guy, and we did the next-to-last Islander home game of the season uh, with Atlanta, and that was the game in which they clinched the playoff berth. And then we went up against the Rangers, and that was a colossal upset with uh, the uh, overtime goal, Mm -hmm. uh, J.P. Parisi from Druin. And that created a lot of excitement. And then the next series was when they went down three games straight to Pittsburgh and then won the next four in a row, which was a phenomenal thing. And then they went up against the Flyers, and the same thing happened. They won. Uh, they lost the first three in a row. They won the next three. And then, of course, uh, Philly knocked them out. But by the time that seventh game was over, I mean, the Islanders were a big story. And, uh, of course, next season they drafted uh, Denny Potvin, and they kept moving up from there. And we kept doing the games. Yeah, that's the important part, right? And, uh, you know, I I read Ken Dryden's book, and I don't don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but he was part of the the Canadians' dynasty right before the Islanders' dynasty, and and he wrote a a story on his last season, which was the last year the Canadians uh, run there, four straight cups, and and he saw the Islanders coming. You you read the book, and and he knew it felt like that the Islanders were going to be the next it team in the league. Uh, Was it? that obvious that they could take over the league even before they won the first of four straight cups well i know i know what dryden saw because i was uh, doing the we were doing every game by that time but you have to remember that there was a crisis over two seasons uh in 78 they had what was considered the best team in the league over the regular season they got knocked out uh in game 7 at nassau by toronto in uh, overtime that was the first blow and then uh, the year later they went up against the rangers and the rangers had this cinderella team and the rangers knocked them off in six davidson was in goal hedberg was fantastic for the blue shirts and uh, the word around there was one word that was attached to the islanders and that was choke so in order for them to really get the eminence that Kenny Dryden was projecting, they had to win the cup. And, of course, uh, that was four straight after that. 
But uh, Dryden saw was a team that had Mike Bossy was doing like Maurice Rashad, and you had Gillies, and you had Trotjay, and you had Denny Potvin, Billy Smith. So uh, this was uh, this was a a posse of Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, and we're talking again with Stan Fischler of MSG. Uh, how about the the fifth? attempt uh, where they lost to the Edmonton Oilers. I always hear so much about the ones that the Islanders won. How about that fifth year? Was that team as talented as the previous four and, and just ran into the, the formidable Oilers who became that next dynastic team? Is that one that the Islanders should have had? Well, you got to remember that they had won 19 consecutive playoff series. And the word that goes with that is attrition. Mm. It was a tremendous Tremendous attack on the bodies of these guys. Uh, very short summers. You win the cup, and the next thing you know, training camp is beginning. And in, uh, I, I was telling a guy today that if I was running a hockey team, the sign that I would put in my dressing room uh, would be two words, no excuses. So there's no excuses about losing to Edmonton. Uh, the team was injury riddled. Uh, one of my favorite Islanders, Bob Bourne, uh, had uh, a torn up knee and he kept begging Coach Al Arbor to put him in. And when it got down to the final game, which was the game where they were eliminated, uh, Arbor would not let him in. He, uh, he simply said, you're not, you're not uh, fit to play. And so, um, you have to be gracious and you have to be uh, really realistic, and the Edmonton team was ready. They got knocked off in four straight by the Islanders the previous spring. Mm -hmm. uh, they learned from it. Uh, I was very friendly with Kevin Lowe. I did his book, and uh, in the book he pointed out after the uh, fourth straight win uh, for the Islanders' fourth cup, the Oilers were walking past the Islanders' dressing room, and uh, they saw how beat up and how worn the Islanders were and, and the price that they had to pay. And uh, the Oilers had been a little bit frivolous. They were younger guys and uh, not as disciplined. And um, Kevin said, and later Gretzky said, and Messier said that uh, they all looked in on the Islanders and saw that uh, uh, what they had to do on the Edmonton side to... Uh, up that intensity about twenty five percent, and of course they did. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, ended the Islanders' run there as we chat with uh, Stan Fischler. Uh, the Islanders now kind of a, a long way uh, from those uh, four straight cups. They've won one playoff series since nineteen ninety three. Uh, currently, they've lost eight in a row. Uh, how about you know Tavares's situation? They've had you know you hit big in the number one pick. You, you get a star player that you could take there. He's been able to play with them nine years. They've made the playoffs three times, one playoff series win. As he heads towards free agency, do you have a read on where Tavares is at and how much more he wants from elsewhere in the organization that, to make it a, a true competitor? You know, my son in Israel, Simon, is a huge Islander fan. I think every other day he asks me the same question <laughs> you're asking, and uh, it's a legit question, and uh, uh, I have to be uh, totally honest on this thing, and that is I, don't, I haven't a clue. Yeah. I really haven't a clue. 
I don't think uh, there is anybody, you know, all the wise people and uh, the hockey writers in Canada who would do all the, uh, the speculating, uh, nobody knows because at this point in time, I don't think uh, Tavares knows. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking. Everything he said so far leading up, to, you know, over the year, over the season has been very positive about the team mm -hmm. and about Long Island. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think if you met a guy on uh, 42nd Street and Broadway today and you asked him uh, what's happening to Tavares, you'll get the same thing that I'm telling you. I don't know. Yeah, well, that'll be one of the big mysteries, but a, a huge thing uh, hanging over the Islanders franchise right now. Now, you're known as, as the Hockey Maven, Stan, but you've written uh, books on a variety of subjects, including the New York City subway. Is that a, a big passion of yours? Uh, how'd you come to, you know, write, write up on, on mass transit in this town? Very easy. When I was three years old, my mother went shopping. She took me with her. I lived in Brooklyn. We walked out onto Marcy Avenue, and there were a dozen guys digging up Marcy Avenue. I said, Ma, what's going on there? And she said, they're building a subway. And they built the what is now known as the G-Line, the Brooklyn-Queens Crosstown Line. They built it right under my house. In fact, the station, uh, the Myrtle Willoughby Station, <laughs> was directly under my house. And when I was up in bed uh, at night, about 10 o'clock, even though it was on the third floor, I could hear the train coming in. I could hear the brakes being applied. I could, I could actually, I could almost uh, half the time hear the doors opening and closing. <laughs> so that was, you know, it was in my blood from uh, right at the, the beginning. And uh, we were pretty poor. We never owned a car, and uh, everything we did was uh, we took the subway everywhere. If we wanted to go to the garden to see a hockey game, jumping on the subway. We wanted to go to Coney Island, the subway, and I got to uh, really love it. Uh, just love it. Uh, today, I took the number one from uh, 110th up to 168th, and then the first thing I do is go to the front of the car, even though you can't see as well as you used to. Hmm. And it's all, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. The sounds uh, to me, are, everything about it is like a big deal. Hmm. No delays today? You're all right? Like, if I put you in charge of fixing this thing, can you, where would you start? Well, they've started. You see, what happened is that the, Parts of the system are 115 years old, yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of the uh, things that should have been taken care of, like uh, you know, rebuilding or strengthening the tunnels or re, you know, re, uh, reacting to uh, storms, uh, were uh, put, to, put on hold, and now uh, they're paying the price, and that's why uh, every weekend there's uh, changes in the system. Um, but I believe that it will be done, it'll be fixed up right. And right now we're paying the price because of all these uh, delays. But it's something, you know, you can't, when you're dealing with uh, such a vital thing by the subway system and it's so big and so important to people, you can't uh, play ostrich and put your head in the sand and say it'll be okay tomorrow. You've got to take care of it now. Yeah, and I uh, wish you were in charge over the years. You would have been in a better spot maybe as far as that goes. Uh, finally for you, Stan, you know, when, when people leave TV, oftentimes, uh, you know, like David Letterman and, and Conan O'Brien did this, 
they they're so excited they don't have to shave anymore. They grow a huge beard. Now you you've always had the beard. What uh is there anything, you know, non TV that you're excited about? You're gonna grow it out, maybe do you shave it? Uh what uh, uh what do you I think? I do there? shave it. I do shave it. And uh, I shave it at least uh, once a week. And uh no, I'm not well, going gonna... to shave the whole beard. That's what I meant. No, I'm shave not, it I'm off. Gonna... No, I trim it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, when I broke in uh, uh, doing Isles games, the, the beard was a lot bigger. And uh, I got more attentive to uh, keeping it trimmed. <laughs> so um, I'll probably wear ties less than I do now. There you go. That's a win. Uh, Stan Fischler, and uh, we look forward to, to continue to see you write about uh, hockey and uh, really enjoy and take in the, the next few weeks as far as the TV goes. But uh, we appreciate the time tonight, Stan. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Great stuff. Stan Fischler, uh, you know, hockey maven and, uh, you know, reporting legend, of course, in this town. 45 years at MSG. Who works anywhere in media? 45 years uh, at this point. But, uh, and voluntarily, you know, moving, um, you know, to, to spend more time with his grandchildren, which is uh, great to hear. So, you know, best of luck to Stan in the future.